Oh, don't, 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 don't do that to me. Arthur is pushing it too far. You listen to me. And you pay attention to me right now. There's no such thing as too far. You understand? You push everything as far as you can. You push and you push and you push till it starts pushing back. And then you push some goddamn more. Remember that? Welcome to South Philly's only podcast with your host, Marky Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now on the mark. And we are coming to you live from Skyfall Studios. Prepping for week one of the NFL. It is finally here. And we have some picks for you. We also have Leonard Toza's granddaughter. The great Marnie Schneider coming on the show with us to discuss Eagles football and her new book, Football Freddy. So uh, talking ball with Marnie is always a good time. We look forward to getting her on the Skyfall hotline to discuss a few things. My co-host and producer, Benny Spielberg, is locked and loaded, ready to go for week one. Benny, I know you're just as excited as I, as I am for these games. I'm chopping at the bit, Marky. I cannot wait until kickoff on Thursday. And then I Sunday, it's just going to make my whole life. Honestly, it's so much better when football season is back. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's just life feels normal when you get your weekly dose of football. Because you know we enjoy the college games. We enjoy the NFL games. You feel totally fulfilled. In the summer on Sundays, you're really missing something. In the spring on Sundays, something is being missed. And we all know what that is. Yeah. Those Sundays in the fall and winter are special, Marky. They really are. They have like a vibe to them, like an aura about them. Yeah, they feel differently. You wake up, it's a little brisk. Everything feels good. And then football just kicks off and all day you're locked and loaded in. You know what it is? There's so much money on the line for so many people. So many storylines finally playing out. And then, of course, the great action of the actual sport itself. Great plays throughout the day. NFL Red Zone really changed how people uh, follow these games. Oh, it's insane. I can't imagine watching the games without Red Zone anymore. It's nice to have one of the TVs on the Red Zone and then you have a couple other games on the other TVs. Well, yeah, you flip back and forth. You make sure you're watching full-length games. But at times, it, that red zone is just fantastic. Yeah, you're more of a watch-the-game-at-home guy. I'm more of a watch-the-game-at-the-bar kind of guy. I love the bar, but when you have a bunch of money on the games and you're sitting at a bar with some moron that doesn't know the game, doesn't understand the game, and is rooting against you... And it just always seems to turn the game against you, and it it puts that bad juju. I don't like the bad juju. I like the good juju, Marky. No, I understand. I've been uh, I've been caught in some moments exactly like you just described. That it uh, it friggin' sucks, but it is what it is. It's all in uh, good fun, I guess. Although there can be some barroom brawls over NFL games. I can't tell you how many fights I've gotten into just because of LeBron James haters at the bars and people just hate him for no reason and you got to stand up for the king 
forget about the NBA right now. We can't talk NBA. We're not. This I'm just. It's an example. We'll let we'll let Spike Eskin handle the NBA talk. We're gonna handle the NFL talk. That works. I'm the big dog, and this is my yard now. And uh, you know the big dog's got to hunt. The big yeah. dog's got to eat. It's got to eat. So let's get into these picks. We're gonna give our three favorite picks for Week One, which is a tough week, Benny. But we're feeling good about these three. Yeah, especially this week, it's a tough week. You got a lot of division matchups, and one of the games I liked best on the card, obviously, is getting canceled because of that hurricane. Hurricane Marky. Irma. Yeah, I love the Bucks this weekend, so that's a shame. But that's all right because there is still some good value on this card. Absolutely. These Hurricanes are really beating us up. And before we go any further, condolences to everybody in that Houston region affected by Hurricane Harvey. And uh, kudos to everybody down there helping out. It's, uh, it's one of those good stories, you know what I mean? Yeah, these numbers that these athletes and entertainers are putting up for the victims— is just fantastic. I think J.J. Watt's over 17-plus million now. Yeah, kudos to J.J. Watt. Absolutely. And I'm, I wasn't even talking about entertainers and athletes. I, I'm talking about just volunteers heading down there. Our good friend out in Vegas, Dan Bolzarian, bought a huge truck, went down there, was getting people out of their flooded homes. I'm seeing people pulling into these flooded Houston homes on jet skis and people getting on the back of the jet skis and evacuating. Uh, It's really helping us restore some faith in America, at least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It unifies us a little bit, and that's always great. Right, because the story ESPN tries to tell us every day and the story that these CBS, NBC, ABC try to tell us about division in America. I've seen a lot of United Americans helping each other out of all different races, colors, genders, you name it, uh, doing everything they can to help one another. Yeah, out of tragedy usually unifies the people that survive. And, you know, it, it really shows. It really shows in the actions. And I... You know, this Hurricane Irma is supposed to be absolutely brutal. So everybody, all our listeners down in Florida, be safe. Hunker down. A few of our VIP listeners are big-time guys and girls down in Florida. Hunker down. If you have the means, evacuate. But uh, whatever, do the right thing. God bless. Godspeed. Now, getting into our first pick. Here we go, folks. It's going to be a fun season. Our first pick, we have the Oakland-Las Vegas Raiders traveling down to uh, Nashville to play the Titans at Nissan Stadium. 1 o'clock, the national game of the week at 1 o'clock, CBS. Probably the premier game of the week as far as the two best teams squaring off. Um, Great game here. Started, opened up as a pick'em way back when. Now we're at the Raiders getting two. Similar to last year, week one, when the Raiders had to travel to New Orleans to play the Saints, it was a pick They end up at kickoff, you know, three and a half, and bam, Raiders win outright as the dogs. I see the same thing happening this week, Benny. I absolutely love the Oakland Raiders this weekend. There are some great trends. And while you got to be careful with trends on week one, 
The Raiders are a team that travels well, and especially on week one, I think Jack Del Rio has had plenty of time to prepare his guys for a tough Tennessee Titans team. And if you look at the actual numbers, the Raiders in the last year or two have just dominated and really turned a corner and become a new Oakland Raiders team. I really think you can trust them week one going into a tough situation. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's going to be a barn burner. In fact, I know it's going to be a barn burner. Both teams are going to put up points. I just truly believe Derek Carr and company have the experience factor over the Titans, the coaching factor, and they have more playmakers than the Titans have. I think they're going to win this game friggin' outright. And it might, it, you know, it might come down to the last couple minutes like it did in New Orleans last year. The Raiders won a lot of close games last year, but they're better this year. They've gone down to Nashville the past two years and won close games. They've won outright. It's going to be a game played in good weather, even playing field, and Derek Carr is a bona fide MVP candidate. This is just tremendous value getting two points with this team. The media loves the Titans this year. They, they, they loved the Jaguars last year. The Titans haven't proved anything yet. They're very inexperienced in a lot of crucial areas. Mariota missed the entire offseason until training camp. I don't see any reason why the Raiders don't win this game. I really don't. I think it comes down to this. The Oakland Raiders are getting points, and they're a team that I believe could take out the Patriots and get to the Super Bowl. The Tennessee Titans are not a team that I think exactly. could take out the Patriots and get to the Super exactly. Bowl. It's so, that simple. Hence the value. Absolutely. They it have just, a man the, at quarterback that I think would have won MVP last year if he didn't break his leg on Christmas. The value on this game is too good to pass up on. Absolutely. Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Outright. The second game we're feeling really good about. Eagles-Redskins. 1 o'clock down in D.C. Doug Peterson, year two. Carson Wentz, year two. Going up against Jay Gruden and Kirk Cousins. With his new favorite weapon, Terrell Pryor. Feeling really good about the Redskins here. Eagles having tremendous trouble with Kirk Cousins. Tremendous trouble beating this Redskins team. I don't see that changing week one this year. Absolutely not. The Redskins absolutely put up 40-plus points on this Philly defense. That is young in some places and just hasn't gelled and have the experience together to stop a guy like Kirk Cousins. I absolutely love TP on the outside for them, but they have a lot of weapons on that offense. And they are going to be able to put up points on Philly despite losing a couple wide receivers in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the production got replaced with uh, Pryor. The production got replaced. You know, you lose Deshaun, yeah, but Deshaun gets you that three catches for a buck ten. Uh, Pryor could dominate a game. He could be an eight to twelve catch guy and just keep moving the chains. Cousins is going to feed him. They got the stable of backs, a really nice offensive line. Once again, I see this being another barn burner in good weather, and uh, the Eagles just can't keep up because of their defense. And frankly, I think Doug Peterson calls plays like a weirdo, and I think it'll cost them. Jay Gruden's a better coach than Doug Peterson. Advantage Redskins. Totally agree. That's what I was just going to say. It boils down to the coach in this game. 
the Eagles simply do not win against the Redskins in recent history. And do you really think Doug Peterson is the guy to change that in Washington? Now, the Eagles could beat them later this year in Philly. But I was on thinking week the one, same thing, Ben. On week one, I don't believe Carson Wentz has enough to pull the Eagles through. And let's be honest, he needs time to work with his new targets too. Sure. And I think Washington is going to be better adjusted at game one than the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure. Uh, the media likes to act like Washington is uh, one of those franchises with not a ton of continuity. But at the end of the day, they've had the same uh, coach and the same quarterback for a few years now with a lot of the same playmakers on the roster. Um, you know, the media does the same thing with the Cowboys, and the Cowboys, you know, won 13 games last year. So that's not always uh, the end-all, be-all when uh, the storyline is that the organization's a shit show. Sometimes it works to your advantage it because does. it's us against the world. Yes, exactly. I mean, the, uh, they're going back to the Raiders, but they're storied for that. Absolutely. Um, you love to hate them. Yeah, you know, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. With the Redskins, they get turnovers. They make plays on defense. I don't see this Eagles team doing a ton of that this year. I definitely think the Eagles defense is going to take time to gel together and I don't know if it fully ever comes together this season for them but I don't I definitely don't think week one they can stop Kirk Cousins at the end of the day even though Carson Wentz might be able to put up 37 47 I don't think it's going to be enough to beat these Redskins because I don't think at the end of the day Eagles are going to be able to get them off the field on third down yeah it's going to it's going to be a barn burner yeah. it's going to be a very high scoring game and it's going to be the kind of thing maybe Wentz throws a pick six Maybe you get a special team score that just kind of breaks it open. That's what I'm. That's kind of what my vibes are telling me. Yeah, I, I think... just see the Eagles not being able to keep up in all three phases of the game. Absolutely, and I think some big penalties are probably going to hurt Philadelphia on Sunday. I I just think that's typical Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean they've been they were undisciplined at times last year. It's hard to it's hard to gauge that so early in the season. But Doug Peterson isn't the most thorough head coach, so it wouldn't shock me to say the least. So there you go, Redskins outright. For our third game, we really like these Pittsburgh Steelers. Bonafide Super Bowl contender playing against the Cleveland Browns, who are progressing, okay? They're progressing, starting a rookie quarterback week one with Kaiser there. It, uh, it has... Uh, you know, blowout written all over it. Uh, Steelers, nine-point road favorites. Kind of tells you all you need to know. Uh, Steelers team is ready to vie for a spot in the Super Bowl, just like we mentioned about the Raiders. Yeah, I actually do like this Cleveland Browns team this year, and I especially like them better with Deshaun Kaiser than Brock Osweiler, who's just horrible. I don't even know if he would be able to get a first down against Pittsburgh if he was still starting but I don't think Deshaun Kaiser in his first game ever is going to really be able to keep up with an offense that has every weapon available to them at the moment Le'Veon Bell fully healthy Roethlisberger fully healthy Martavius Bryant finally playing yes exactly they're Antonio Brown they're ripping ready to go the only thing that seems to get in the Steelers way is culture man they can be undisciplined at times. Culture and injuries seem to get in this Steelers' way a lot. 
Uh, neither of those things will come into play week one in Cleveland. Yeah, undisciplined and injuries, that could easily be say, said about every single Cleveland Browns team since they came back into existence. Sure, sure. And, you know, the Steelers um, are going to put up big points here. The Browns have nobody that can stop them. It's kind of interesting now, this Joe Hayden storyline, which will probably pump up the Steelers even more for this game. I don't see any way this game is close from start to finish. I truly don't. You could see like a 42-10 to 10 kind of game here, Ben. Yeah, I could see a surprising close first quarter and then it winding up 42-10 to 10 as well at the end. I think Pittsburgh is going to get theirs. And as much as I do think Cleveland has a chance to grind towards 500 this season, this will absolutely be one in their loss column and one to forget as they lose by double digits easily. Totally agree. Totally agree. Is there uh, any other tidbit we want to add on that game? I do want to talk up this Steelers defense, honestly. Yeah, yeah. TJ Watt, tremendous talent. Absolutely. Played well in the preseason. He's going to be paired now with uh, the other kid on the uh, on the edge, uh, Bud Dupree. Uh, they're going to get after the quarterback again. Not to mention, you still got James Harrison, and you get a, a healthy Cam Hayward back. They're ready to go, man. Yeah, I've been thinking that they're starting to turn the corner for about a year or two now, but I especially love them after this Watt bring-in. I think that's one of those difference makers kind of on your defense, even if he's not J.J. Watt. I just think his work ethic will be there. You know his smart, intelligent playmaking will be there, and he, he's going to be a good locker room guy for you. I think that brings a lot and kind of gels back this defense, kind of almost what they were missing when Palomalu left, not to call Watt. Palomalu, even though they play different positions. He's got those leadership qualities. Exactly. Um, they've been, you know, ranting and raving about him since day one because, frankly, he was a tremendous value pick for them on draft day. Where they got him, just a ton of value there. Just a classic Steelers pick, an organization that always drafts well. They are going to absolutely wreak havoc on rookie quarterback Kaiser. Uh, this is a nightmare week one for Kaiser and Hugh Jackson, I'm telling you. They, uh, they probably wanted to ease their way into this thing, and they're not going to be able to. I mean, Kaiser didn't even start the entire preseason. Yeah, it's going to be a welcome to the NFL moment for sure because he's going to get a lot of pressure in his face, and he's going to be have to, having to move out of that pocket and try and survive out there for a while. But I, I do like the kid. I don't think he makes a ton of mistakes out there in the form of interceptions. He probably ends with one or two on the day. But they're he's going to be handed, throwing look, it they're going to be handed, They're going to be handing the ball off to Duke Johnson because, frankly, they got nobody really to throw it to. And the Steelers are going to have seven, eight guys in that box, and they're absolutely going to suffocate Duke Johnson, and then they're going to get after Kaiser in obvious passing situations when it's third and nine, you know, and Kaiser will probably make some rookie mistakes. I mean, that never seems to fail at the quarterback position. I'm not going to say he's going to be abysmal, because I know we kind of like Kaiser. Uh, you're higher on him than I am. I think you're higher on this Browns team in general than I am. Than but, most people. But Yeah, but I do see them trending in a, in a nice direction. Man, they're in trouble here. They are in trouble. Yeah, I think throughout the season they're going to stick in a lot of games and probably cover more games than not. But I'm convinced that this is going to be a loss, in both in the standings and against the spread. Yeah, the familiarity is there clearly between both teams. Well, all right, gang, I don't want uh, to make you wait much longer. 
on the Skyfall hotline, we now have granddaughter of, of the great Eagles owner, Leonard Toes, my good friend and friend of the show, Marnie Schneider. Marnie, you are now on the mark. What are you doing this Sunday for the games? You, where are you going to watch them at? Your house or you do something? Yes, that's probably what um, I think that I have. You know how they always say, like, it's that commercial. Like, it's only weird if it doesn't work, whatever. Right. I'm not sure that I'm good in crowds when I'm not at the game to, yeah. watch, to watch it. Because nobody really can understand my enthusiasm and uh, excitement for uh, – for you know the eat for football or whatever it is, and especially the open like by midseason, I'm a little bit calmer. But sure. certainly in the you know the opening, the opening game, the opening week, I'm kind of you know, and it's also a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Because I want the team to win, so I'm sitting there going, "Are they going to be good? How is it? And What's going to happen with the rest of the season?" And honestly, you know more than the average fan, way more. So I could understand why you get uh, frustrated sometimes being around maybe some uh, goofs at the bar who don't quite know what they're talking about during the game. Well, they're always, you know, well, the goofs are funny because then I just play stupid like I'm just some dumb blonde. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, what is that, a, a home run? Right, you right, know? right, right, right. And um, then, I of course, you know, they want to – make fun of me for saying that and yeah then i just look at them and i'm like uh okay they're not worth you want to talk about the old days right Dvorsky, bill Berge. right right I got right you guys. yep <laughs> you know are you they have are, no are, idea now like this year will you go to any eagles games or are they kind of like a blip be, yeah. on your map anymore no i will go to a bunch of games because uh i need to you know i need to get my book out there and then go cheer on my team so what? yeah so i'll go to I'll go to, I'm going to try to go and make it like a field trip with a bunch of people. I'm going to go to, let's see, the Cardinals game, the 49ers game. I think those two I've identified as two games where the weather's still pretty decent. Right, right. And it'll be, you know, I can uh, get in there and have some fun with my friends and sell some books and watch the Eagles. Sure. Where are they going to have you in the uh, in the stadium selling books? I don't know yet. We're working on that. You know, there's. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely got to be like in the team shop by like you know the checkout counter or something like that. Well, that is a really good. I that's a good. I'm I'm open to suggestions about where we're gonna do everything. I kind of wanted to do a big huge tailgate in the parking lot. That was my idea. Sure, that's it. That you could. Why not both? You know, yeah. Well, we could with you know with kids and make it like a fun family. Yeah, make it an event. Activity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean that's kind of what. And then I also think I need to go to Chickie and Pete's to do a, you know to kind of set up shop there too. So that's why I'm going to do a couple of games and spread myself around the city of those places where our, you know where Philly Eagle fans go. I guess. In fact, you... last year this is kind of this is a funny story. We were at the game last year. And we were at it was a um, Steelers uh, Eagles game. So first of all, I'd never taken my kids to Lincoln Financial, and I had only been to one game there. Right. And the last time I had been to games was with my grandfather at the vet. 
So I had never been like a civilian at right. the stadium. Okay. So yeah. when the game ended, I was like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to, you know, we had a, a car take us there, but I didn't know what to do at the end of the game. And I was like, well, I guess we just leave and we'll walk down Broad Street or whatever. So I have this great picture. My daughter had sprained her ankle before, so she was in a, she wasn't going to miss the game. She was in a full ankle boot up to her, you know, up to her knees where the three of us, you know, the four of us are walking down Broad Street. And then these, it was, you know, it was the four o'clock game. So everybody was hammered. And as we were trying to get a car to take us back to the hotel, these two guys and one of the guys plays, played on the Eagles and then he got traded to to Cleveland. And I can't remember who it is. He was a defensive player um, during the, you know, er, late nineties, early two thousands. Okay. You told me his name. So they see Jonathan, my oldest son, who's, at the time, only 16, but he's a big kid. Right. And they were like, hey, and they were just wasted. The, the one guy and his friend, they were getting an argument about how to get to Chickie and Pete. And so uh, <laughs> this is the, and this is so typical of Philadelphia. So I'm like, I don't even know. I said, I think it's over there, but I'm not quite sure. And then they were just so drunk that the guy was like, wait a minute, you're cursing. And they two kids and Chuck <laughs> like, I'm her son. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> too funny. I'm like, I look young, but I mean. I, I'm not that young, and and so just it was like, oh, I love Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, that's like one of the the great things about the city. I didn't They're, think the Eagles had you know, any chance to beat the Steelers that day either. Oh yeah, well, I think it went all downhill after that game for a little while. It, but it pretty much uh, did, yeah, for yeah, sure. But it was that was a great game, you know, and my kids were enjoying it because you know it's such a great Pennsylvania rivalry that it that, is uh, it is it's a cool non-conference rivalry it is yeah for, like, definitely and i went to penn state so i have a lot of friends that oh, that okay. live in pittsburgh and and so you know uh growing up and i'm really like i'm good friends with merrill hodge and a bunch of sure you know some of uh, and that you know he's obviously a hugely famous um stealer but sure uh you know i'm still always you know always cheering for the eagles the legendary Not, merrill hodge yeah, I know. Yeah, he's a good guy. And, and guess I, what, I, Marnie? Penn State football looks absolutely tremendous this year. I'm really pulling for them. Uh, Saquon Barkley is unbelievable. I love Saquon Barkley. And, oh, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Trace McSorley. Yeah, they're and, great. And, Those guys in Franklin, they're amazing. Unreal. Yeah. And, and McSorley, I think he's just the college quarterback. You know, maybe he's a slot receiver in the NFL, like an Edelman or uh, something like that, Antoine Randall. I love watching him, though. He, I truly enjoy watching him. Saquon Barkley reminds me of Ezekiel Elliott, but better. Um, yeah. They're they're contending for the national championship this year. It's just that simple. I hope so. I mean, it, you know, I, I've, uh, I mean, Penn State was certainly a lot of fun. Although I like to say, you know, I went, I graduated in four years. So that makes me a dummy as far as Penn State because the smart ones are like, I'm going to stay for five years, six years. The yeah. dumb dumb. What was the party scene like at Penn State, Marnie, when you were there? What was the party scene like? You know, I mean, I was in a sorority, so Uh definitely very. uh, It was very social. uh, A lot, you know. Penn State was was a very fun place. I mean, obviously, it was still. You know, the liquor laws were still, you know, you couldn't drink until you, you know, until you were legal. Yeah, but I'm sure you guys got your hands. Yeah, right. You definitely broke that law. I did not. You know what? My really did. I mean, yeah, I did not. I was always, you know, I think, Mark, that I even before social media, you know, and everything else, you know, when my growing up and having, you know, my grandfather 
and the position that he was in and my mom, what they were doing, the, the reality is that I didn't want to ever be that front page story. That yeah, would be makes a ton of sense. Because yeah. I had, I had such a great opportunity during my childhood to have so many fun experiences and do great things. And I, A, didn't want to, I didn't want to ever be in trouble because that would not be fun and, and sure. embarrass them and, and not get to do certain things, which I knew that would be, you know, taken away. And so I just, you know, I, I just said, I'm going to, you know, just behave myself because nothing's that, you know, nothing's that important. Like there's no, you know, I had some parties, you know, sure. occasionally. My yeah, mom nothing, away a lot, nothing's worth you know. that sacrifice. Now, Marnie, a lot of our listeners may not know that your mother, Susan, was the first female GM in NFL history uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles back in the 80s. Yes, uh, she was. Which is just yeah. tremendous and uh, had to be uh, unbelievable to grow up around that. It was. You know, my mom is amazing. She still is incredible. She's the smartest person, I mean, male, female, I've ever really met. I mean, everything she does, I'm like, she's just a quick study and so smart and so on top of everything. And I'm incredibly fortunate to have, you know, have her as my advisor and my, you know, my mother. And she's an incredible grandmother and incredibly generous and philanthropic. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away by all the things that she does to, you know, try to, you know, make the world a better place. And my, my dad, who or my stepdad, uh, you know, they've been married for 30-something years. He's got um, Parkinson's now, and she's an incredible caretaker to him. And, I, you know, those are things that I, that I don't think she necessarily, um, they're 11 years apart, but she's just amazing with, with my stepdad and everything. So uh, she's she's great and, and certainly was a, uh, the, a, a, a maverick. I mean, people... It's funny because you know I think there's some a couple other women that are in yeah. professional sports. And Amy like, Trask know, gets a lot of publicity for her work. Amy's great. Amy is is Amy is a nice lady and she's a, she has an incredible um, resume. Sure, uh, a cow you know, alone. And, yes, and she's. Um, but I will say this, and I'm gonna just of course because I think Amy's great and I support you know women being in sports, but that you know. Um, oftentimes and and you know my mom is always so supportive of other women and acknowledging their successes whether it's you know in in professional sports or wherever or anywhere else and and uh you know um i think i think you know amy's rewritten history a tiny bit as though she was the first one in in the you know in the universe that's ever worked for a football team when it really uh is my my mother yes uh, your mom was the first and she was the first. And Amy wasn't Amy Trask wasn't making the personnel decisions. I mean, the no. rate the rate Al Davis was, and then he had several GMs in place like Bruce Allen and uh, Michael Lombardi. I mean, so Amy wasn't really on a personnel level. Uh, your mother was, though. Am I correct? Absolutely. My mom was very involved with with all of the decisions. You know, when it came to, I mean. My mom was involved with all the decisions, Mark. I mean, from from top to tails. I mean, really, truly, whether it was, you know, and and it's funny because not my mom's also a lawyer, so negotiating, you know, the contracts. I mean, just funny things like uh, when when it came time to do their deals, and my grandfather would say, "I'm going to give you X," and they would go to my mom, and she was like, "My dad is is 
is not. No, no, sorry, yeah. whatever he said. And, you know, they would be like, wait, but your dad just said this. And she's like, no, you're going to get that. And I read that. You like it? Go away. In, in, a, in, a, in a 2011 Philadelphia Inquirer article by uh, the great Stan Hockman, I read that uh, the first year your uh, your mother took over the team, they uh, they finally did turn a profit in her first year, even though it was a small profit, but she turned that around rather quickly, huh? You know, she did. You know, a lot of it was there was so much abuse, Mark, that was going on. People and, taking and, advantage. Oh, I mean, my grandfather, you know, is was so wonderful and so trusting of people that, I mean, it, it was a, he had a rubber stamp in his office with his signature on it. Right. People were writing big checks to their own charities and taking money. And he and, would just stamp and, and, it. He wouldn't even stamp it. They would just go in and use this. Oh I mean, my lordy lord! It was there was so much stealing and so much bad stuff going on. I mean, they would have these big extravagant brunches for the you know the press before the games, and my mom was like, "Dad, they write shitty stories about you. Right. Why are you spending two hundred thousand dollars a week to feed oh me that?" Oh my old? god! Yeah. You know. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, I I've obviously heard tremendous stories though. Uh. uh about your grandfather's generosity. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, my grandfather loved to spoil everybody, and his whole thing was he just wanted everybody to have a good time. So, I mean, that was really what it came down to. And ultimately, I mean, the, the good time became everybody else's, you know, piggy bank, pretty much. Now, yeah. I uh, w wanted to hear this story about your grandfather in the saloon, apparently sending oh, yeah. around bottles of champagne to every table in there. You know, well, my grandfather, I mean, here's the thing, Mark, that, you know, and one thing that I'd love the Philadelphia community to really help me with and is to get my grandfather into the Philadelphia Eagle Hall of Fame. Yes. He's not in there. It's insane. And, it's insane yeah. that well, he's not in there. you know. It, it is, but I look at it this way, okay, and I, and I try to look at these things, and this is, you know, I think this is a direct result of me not drinking or doing drugs as a kid. Here's what it is. I have the ability to, with, to make, to have a better attitude about things. So, while yes, it is insane, he's not in the Philadelphia Eagle Hall of Fame, the good news is, although I would have liked it to have happened when he was alive, the good news is that we're going to do it now, and I'll get to, you know, not that I wouldn't have been there before, but my kids will get to be there, and we'll get to be there and honor him and do something really special to acknowledge it when it happens. And so, Absolutely. you know, something like, you know, like that to me would be something that I think that my grandfather would really enjoy and, and appreciate, and I would like to certainly tie it in some way with making it so that it's a charitable endeavor somewhere down the road i mean everything i do is to try to help others mark so it's like selling books to me you know my grandfather would say you can only spend so much in a year and he's right it's like <laughs> i have you know i have a house i've got a car and an office right and my kids are you know are okay so it's like after that then it really becomes how much can we do for others to give other people an opportunity that you know we're not in a situation where they were not able to hand out bottles of don perignon at the saloon and right. you know my grandfather just loved to give people a fun time. And we'd always say for a good time, call Leonard. So not only was he handing out bottles of champagne, which, you know, was his kind of his go-to yeah. signature move. He was also, you know, if the, if the bill was $20, he was leaving a hundred. So right. whatever it was, you know, people come up to me and tell me all the time. And in fact, I have a good Lutilli story for you too about this. Sure. People tell me all the time, you know, your grandfather funded my college. 
how? Oh, I was a I was a waiter at the Knife and Fork and right. in Atlantic City. Yes. And you know, your grandfather would come in and, and over the course of the summer I probably made, you know, ten thousand dollars in tips. That's awesome. The knife and fork is an awesome spot. Very hard to get a table there to this day. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have any stroke there, but if I do, if you want a table, I'll call. I'll call. <laughs> yeah, Marnie, you know? I'm gonna have to yeah, oh. we're gonna have to set that up for sure. Yeah, I think we need to, you know, I don't think that the same family, I'm not sure. The, I'm the sure, it's, yeah, family, I think it's probably changed hands. But, you know, we'll see. You know, I know that one of the perks, people say, you know, what were the perks of being Leonard's granddaughter? And, you know, yeah, it was amazing. I had, to, you know, I got to go to great cities, which is kind of how Football Freddy, the whole idea of that started. And I left out the, um, the, the limousines and the helicopter rides because that was just, you know, a, yeah. Not everybody's going to have that when they go to a city, but yeah. that's, I mean, I would go to, I would go to other NFL towns and, you know, my mom was working and I'm an only child and my grandfather was working and I'm 13 years old and there was no internet. So yeah. I would jump in a stranger's car and, I would yeah. get, you know, driven around to different sites, whether it was the stockyards in Dallas, you know, or getting some barbecue in Kansas city, wherever we were. That was kind of, you know, how I would spend my day and then I, you know, go to the game. That's uh, truly beyond definitely... cool. And, and it takes me back to something else you said, how it might have on paper been the, uh, you know, the fiscally smart move for the Eagles organization to move to uh, Phoenix, but he just couldn't do it. He couldn't leave Philadelphia yeah. and destroy all the local businesses that really depend on the Eagles in some ways. They all do. You know what, Mark? I mean, my grandfather had... A gigantic heart and when it came down to it you know they spent a year quietly negotiating in phoenix and i was already enrolled in school and Where, i was gonna like, be a junior uh, in, a, in high school phoenix country day okay you know? yeah, yeah 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 so i mean they had already enrolled me into you know i was a junior in high school and you know i was already there i was still in, living in philadelphia but i was already enrolled in school and everything else yeah and then Right. Um, you know, they had spent the summer and the entire fall during the season kind of, you know, uh, spending time examining that situation, which was a very lucrative situation. And it would have cleared up all the, the debt that my grandfather had. And one thing about my grandfather, he wasn't a I'll pay you back 50 cents on the dollar kind of guy. He right. was I'll pay you back dollar for dollar and the interest. Right. That's how he did it. He was Nobody old school, huh? Truly Nobody old school that. guy. No. Yeah, Unreal. That's just, if if you if he owed people money and you know that's what you do. Don't you know? Now, who, where and, do you and, think he got it from? Was his father I like think that? From his, from his dad. Yeah. Very honorable people. Yeah. Very, my grandfather would always say, "Civility is not a sign of weakness." I mean, even on big nights in Atlantic City, which I never witnessed because I never. Sure. I was a, you were kid, young. Yeah. It was not appropriate. I mean, even if I was. 16 or something. No, yeah. It's not appropriate to be there watching that. He would, you know, hand the dealers their tip money and say thank you very much. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. You know, they don't make they big, don't make them like know. that anymore. No, and in fact, I had a funny thought the other day, Mark. You know, people say to me, "Oh, your grandfather lost everything with gambling." And I'm like, "You know what? He's so much smarter than any other bozo that I've ever met because any other bozo would have lost triple what my grandfather lost right i mean look i, mean, I don't look at it as what he lost i mean i look at it as like what he uh, had and what he was able to do he had an unbelievable yeah. life i mean own the eagles uh started in the trucking business am i correct 
He did, yeah. I, I mean, it's just like tremendous done. stuff. Traveling the world, uh, living the life I mean, he did with the charisma, the friends he had, uh, the style. I love the camel winter coats he would wear. I mean, he was an yeah. awesome guy. I mean, hey, there's a reason that ESPN did a 30 for 30 on him, right? And I know you're not the yeah, biggest I mean, fan of that 30 for 30, Marn. No, you know what? I'm the, I'm a fan of that. I'm not a fan necessarily of Mike Tolan, but that's because Mike Tolan, okay? Yeah, the producer, then, Mike Tolan? Yeah, because it was all about Mike. And the thing is, like, I get it. And, you know, Mike Mike also, I, he, he, look, I mean, I'm very gracious. Anybody that even, like, acknowledges anything that my family's ever done, I'm very respectful and very appreciative. I will say this about Mike Tolan, that what I didn't like about that 30 for 30 was that I didn't think that it was so there was something a little bit disingenuous about Mike's own wanting to his whole thing about I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And, uh, you know, the I was going rather than just being like, here's a story about a guy who started the Ronald McDonald House, who gave 800 bulletproof vests purchased them for the city of Philadelphia. Wow. Like single-handedly kept sports in the Philadelphia public school system. And that goes to my Lou Tilly story. Lou called me. I don't know Lou very well, but when my grandfather was getting into the Philadelphia Jewish Sports Hall of Fame and he said, you know, I can't make it, but I have to tell you this story. And it's not a story that I've ever really exposed out there. He said in 1978, I was a senior in high school. And I in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they were gonna they were cutting all the the public school sports programs. They were gonna get rid of them because the city couldn't afford it. Right. So your grandfather personally wrote a check for whether it was a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, I don't know. Right. But it, I would imagine it was not an insignificant number to keep the public sports programs in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. So Lou said to me, you know, that year, my senior year, I got to continue to play football. And then that got me my scholarship to Wake Forest. Wow. And then through that, that's how I became a sports reporter was because I went to college. Yeah, sure. You need that. Yeah. You know, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's like the work of a saint, honestly. That's just tremendous. And, you know, it's things like that. Like I said, pe- people want to talk about the bad aspects. Look at these amazing, amazing things that uh, only really one could hope to do. And he was actually well, able yeah. to do it. And that's what I think, you know what, Mark? I think that, you know, people ask me, well, what about current ownership? And I don't, I've never met Jeff Lurie. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I love Howie. I'm a huge, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the self-proclaimed president of Howie's fan club. Yeah. You know, I think Howie's a great guy. He's a menschy guy. He's a family man. He cares about people. So I'm a huge fan of, of Howie's. Right. You know, what I will say about, you know, about being, about my grandfather is that when he no longer owned the Eagles, it wasn't so much about like, going to the games and like doing that what, what he really missed the most was the ability to pick up the phone and get stuff done immediately and when you're Leonard toes whether you're a multimillionaire or whatever if you own a football team people there's a lot of jock sniffers out there so they want to mm-hmm. make you happy and they'll say yes because that's what they want to do it's much harder to get big things done i'm not talking reservations at a restaurant because he right. was a simple guy he liked corned beef and cabbage that's what he liked you yeah. know he didn't he didn't go to the saloon or Lebec Fen for his own, you know, dining experience. He was right. not that guy. Right, right, right. For other people to enjoy it. Gotcha. You know, and so for him, you know, the simple things in life were really about doing for others. And that's what I think he missed the most about not having the Eagles was the ability to get high level 
things done. You know, somebody recently said to me a couple of years ago, they weren't going to have the Mummers parade. And my grandfather loved the Mummers. He right. Loved Frank Rizzo loved the Mummers. Yes, they, the great you know, Frank Rizzo. Said, if your grandfather was alive, he would have just said, here's a million dollars. Have the darn parade. Right. You know, like, and you know what's kind of. not silly without the Mummers parade. You, you know? know what's kind of ironic about that? Sugar House Casino, the newer casino here in Philadelphia on Delaware Ave, was just built, uh, you know, maybe five years ago or so. I believe they stepped in and made the donation for uh, to keep that parade going. Yeah, I mean, those are the things that but yeah, I that, think that the, uh-huh. that, that the professional sports teams in the community they need really to do. need to, you know, they need to do. That's what they definitely need to take advantage of and to do. And yeah. if they don't do that, then, you know, then there's a problem. I totally agree. I mean, that's a part of the, the role of a uh, professional franchise in a city. You got to be able to fulfill that role. I mean, come on. Yeah, and if you can't do that, then you know, then you have to, you know, sell the team. I know? I agree. I mean, look, I many Eagles fans and and myself have questioned Jeffrey Lurie from day one. I mean, he originally wanted to buy the Patriots. Um, I know. So he's kind of a quirky, strange guy. I would not say he fits the fabric of Philadelphia at all, like your grandfather did. Uh, Leonard Toes, when I read about him, to me, he sounds like a, a neighborhood guy. He sounds like a South Philly guy to me, a Philly guy. It's just tremendous. He was a to- you know, he, he was a, a total Philly guy. He, you know, this is why he didn't want to leave Phoenix. He didn't want to leave Philadelphia. Yeah, I heard him describe they- Phoenix as a one-horse town. It's funny, you know, my, I asked my mom that. I said, Mom, what was it about Phoenix? And she said, you know, Grandpa, there were a couple of things. First of all, he was a, a very conservative guy. Yeah. And he didn't like, he didn't, li- you know, people get such a weird version of Leonard. And, you know, he didn't like, um, he liked ladies to be ladies. I mean, yeah. I had to, you know, be, and, and those are great family values. So, so he, yes, here's the thing about Phoenix. He didn't want to leave Philadelphia and he kept looking for reasons to blow the deal, okay? I mean, that's really the truth because it was so good, Mark. Yeah, it was like it was similar to what Las Vegas offered the Raiders, in a sense. It was. It was. They rolled out the red carpet. Said that here's what it was, and and that, and this is actually kind of a a quirky thing about my grandfather that he um he woke up one night and it was um you know late at night in Phoenix or whatever, and he was thinking and couldn't sleep or whatever else, and there was a commercial for um. Uh, for uh, breast augmentation. Okay, this was in 1984. <laughs> right. And because, and I understand, I live in California, I get it. Like, yeah. I see boob job commercials all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. That light bulb boobs. But yeah. in 1984, living in Philadelphia at four in the morning, Jimmy Swaggart's on, okay? Right. Still, it's not like, right. you know. So ultimately, the, the, so he saw this commercial and he was like, called my mom and, 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 and he said, what kind of town is this? They're getting boobs on TV. Like, who does that? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was so, old school. It was so gross to him. Right. That, like women could be that floozy-ish. Right. You know? Right. And and that men would be that depraved that they need to see boobs all the time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, cheerleaders, whatever. I love cheerleaders. I get it. But like, yeah. you know, it's not like they're not like hustling their boobs in people's faces. I mean, right. yeah, they no, sell right. beer, but that's. So my mom was like, yeah, I don't know, Dad. He was like, I can't live in a town like this. What kind of people are here? Yeah, you that's know? funny. That's So a commercial kept the Eagles in Philadelphia, essentially. I mean, he was looking for <laughs> reasons story, sure, that yeah. then the mayor at the time, you know, 
they gave the Eagles a very good lease at, at the vet. Right. And what's a, another kind of, you know, they gave him a very, uh, a very good lease so that it was only a dollar and that they wouldn't have to, you know, spend more than that, which meant the team would become more valuable. So which is very cool. Stadium. Was he, yeah, was he then, really close with Frank Rizzo? Oh, we love Frank Rizzo. I sent you the picture. of. Oh Frank, yeah. Right? Them the sitting at the vet with no security. Yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah. I mean, great. I mean, Frank Rizzo, like, I mean, yes, he loved Mayor Rizzo. Yeah. He liked all the mayors. You know, yes. it doesn't matter whether you were Wilson Good, Frank Rizzo, right. whatever, you know. Right. Uh, the other one, um, Bill. Uh, Bill you know, I mean, Bill Green. The Bill legendary Green. Exactly. Bill Green the third. Okay. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Bill Green. Yep. I knew his name was Bill. I mean, I couldn't remember his last, but, you know, but I think he probably won because it was Green. Because it was, yep. you know, Philadelphia. You know, and the other thing is that my grandfather also, you know, he wanted the Eagles to stay at, you know, at the vet. He felt like for, you know, 40 million bucks, you can renovate that place. Yep. I always thought that. Go. I mean, and the thing is, maybe not even 40, but you know what? He didn't like spending other people's money. Yeah. And he felt like, you know, the reason why they stayed in Philadelphia was to give people an inexpensive opportunity on Sunday to go to the games. Yes. And once you once you build a new stadium, that opportunity goes bye bye because sure. people now have to spend so personal much more seat money. licenses, everything it's to cover ridiculous. the cost, all the concessions. I mean, and here's the thing, you know, somebody said like I was thinking about this the other day about you know the NFL. You know, back in the old days, and you know, Pete Rozelle was pretty stuffy, and and he got even more so as he got older. I think I think that's what happens a lot of times. People get more worried as they get older about, oh, collusion and this and that. In the old days, look, you know what? There was a, there was stuff going on, whether it was gambling or whether it was this or that. These old guys, they were smart, savvy, hardworking businessmen who had earned, even if they inherited money, they made money on top of that of money. Of course. I can't and, say and the he, same about the owners of this day and age. Exactly. Okay? It's so corporate. It's very frustrating. Uh on some levels, the uh, the corporation aspect of the NFL. It is. And they all are like, oh, it's not fair. You know what? What's fair? Life isn't fair. Yeah, I know. You know, they all want this. It's not. So they're just a bunch of whiners who've never really, They, I mean, the thing is that there's, there's some, I mean, there's definitely great ownership in the NFL. There's great men, great women, great families in the NFL. Of course. But I will say this, that there's some also ones that don't really understand really what the the actual you know my grandfather this is one of my I, I have you know my children or my my children and my mother and my dad and my stepdad and my family and my animals i have three rescue dogs Very are nice. my prized possessions in life. i love dogs but one thing one yeah me too one thing that i will say one of my prized possessions in life okay and i'll and and because we're friends i i will send you a photograph of it okay it's a handwritten note okay from mrs martha ford all right wow and I will tell you what happened. When Mr. Ford died, I wrote, a, a, I sent them a, a donation, a tiny donation. I don't, you know, whatever, 50 bucks, 100, I don't even know what it yeah, was. Yeah, the it thought was that counts. That, okay, but I wrote Mrs. Ford a note. It might have been like uh, 75. So anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think my grandpa, I was thinking, I was like, I probably, maybe it might have been 100. So my grandfather would be like, you're such a cheap hey, ass, like embarrassing me times are times are tough in detroit they can use anything uh anything they can get so you know so i I sent a note and i wrote a note to mrs ford and i had had passed on a story so every year during the winter meetings 
Pete Rozelle, who was becoming very stiff and stodgy, would make the owners sit in these schoolboy desks when they had their meetings on Park Avenue. And so my grandfather would say, well, that's just bullshit. I'll sit in the schoolboy <laughs> desk. So I'm gonna, and he would have these. So he didn't mind it. Barco loungers, like a big Levitt's, you know, lounge chair. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, of like course. A, okay. He would bring every, you know, for the whenever time they'd have the meetings in, in on Park Avenue, he would have two Barco loungers brought in. One for, for Max Winter, because Max and his family, they were Holocaust survivors. Okay, very cool. And he would say, you can't make this man who survived the Holocaust sit in a schoolboy desk. <laughs> right, I think that's fair. <laughs> very for fair. Bill Ford, and he said, Bill's dad and Bill, they built this country. He's not sitting in a schoolboy desk. Like, right. What kind of guy are you, you loser? Right. So he would have these Barkle actors, and they would roll. My mom said that they would roll them up literally from, like, from Levitt's or some furniture store on Park Avenue or wherever Madison, roll them down the street up to the, you know, NFL, you know, uh, level, up to Pete's, you know, where they yeah. had their, their meetings. And then that's where, where Bill and, and where Mr. Ford and Mr. Winter would sit. So I, I wrote that note to Mrs. Ford, and I, and I told her that. And I said, you know, uh, and then also one of the other things is that in the early 80s, Bill Ford, when the NFL strike happened, I guess it was like 82, he personally guaranteed my grandfather a bridge loan, okay, mm -hmm. to cover payroll mm -hmm. because they weren't going to make payroll. And he gave him a $16 million check. He said, here you go. Pay me back whenever or never. I don't care. Wow. You know, That's tremendous. Pay him back. And they made payroll, they ended the strike, whatever. It was, you know, very chaotic. But they got their payroll met. And, and so I, I passed on that, those two pieces of information, which I'm sure Mrs. Ford knew. But in any event, she's Mrs. Ford. And sure. she's, I mean, one of the most important families in our country. And, and a And a beautiful lady and, and a, just a, a wonderful person. So she, listen to this, Mark, okay, she hand writes to me. A thank you note. First of all, when yeah. someone dies, you don't send them a thank you. Like, yeah. I don't. I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah. I get this beautiful, you know, beautiful note. She had written the, she had addressed the envelope. I mean, like serious, okay? Yeah. yeah. And I know so many lazy people that don't even send thank you notes anymore, and certainly wouldn't even take the time to address the envelope. Not that that would be if somebody wrote a note and had their secretary do the envelope. I mean, that's people do that all the time. Mrs. Ford is such a class act. She hand addressed the envelope and wrote this note to me telling me how, you know, how Bill loved my grandfather and what a great friendship they had and what, you know, I mean, it was just, it, it really blew me away. Yeah. Those are the people that were the leaders and that kind of character and class and quality of people that shaped the NFL. And, and I'm not sure that we have a lot of that. No, we don't have that quality anymore. We don't have that quality anymore. I, uh, I think the the closest guy to that is actually Mark Davis. You know, Mark's not. I don't really know him. I mean, I think that he, uh, I think that he's got a. He had a, a dad who was a you know a, a maverick and, mm -hmm. a, and a renegade and and maybe definitely blurred the lines a little bit. But he really, I think that you know he's the whole thing about moving to Vegas is going to be you know interesting for sure, them to I see I what love they it. encounter. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm happy for them. I yeah. think it's great. You know, did you ever it's live in uh, live in Vegas, Marnie, or was that your mother who lived in Vegas? My mom. Yeah, yeah my mom. They, yeah. They is she still there, or is she in, in uh, California now? 
she she is between there and and um and then when it gets just too much they go the opposite they go to Jackson Wyoming so they oh, kind of wow. have the best of both worlds wow yeah I'm actually uh giving heavy thought and consideration into uh, moving to Vegas myself I don't know though well, you know, it's a long leap from Philly it is you know it's a good city Vegas let me know I, I can definitely introduce you to people there and um in fact you know even at UNLV which I think would be a great place for you to get hooked up with um. Uh, a couple of the coaches I'm friendly with there, and uh, the scouts. You know, so it's, awesome, uh, and I they're gonna, they're going to be sharing that stadium with the Raiders. That was are. a big part yeah. of the deal, and the yeah. renderings Travis for that Burkhart. place look beautiful. Oh, it's going to be you know, it's going to oh, be yeah, immaculate. Vegas. Yeah, it's going to Super it's, Bowl it's, weekend it's, in Vegas eventually. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. It, 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 it first of all, by the way, it makes the L.A. situation look like a joke. It makes okay? it look like it a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And, you know, it's a, it's a joke because living in Los Angeles, you know, it's like that they don't care about football. I will say this. The people that care about football can't afford to go to the game. Right. I took my boys, I, I took them to uh, the Dolphins-Rams game, okay? And I'm a Jeff Fisher fan. I love Jeff Fisher. I think he's, he's a good a coach. I, I think he gets uh, gets beat up a little too much. I love Jeff Fisher. Jeff's taken on some – I oh, think yeah. he's a great guy. He played for I your grandfather. That's right. About, you know, about, you know, the, the I, I did, there was an article today in Sports Illustrated, or maybe it was the other day, about Jeff Fisher's take on standing up for the national anthem. And it's really poetic. And he learned a lot from Buddy Ryan. And it's all about presentation and about. I meant to read that article. Was that an Albert Breer article? Who wrote that? I saw the I link for it. I meant to check that out. Might have been a I don't know. Peter King thing. I know. I gotta I don't, check I don't that think out. It was though. Peter King. Okay. I don't think it was Peter, but it's de- it's not a very long article. It's definitely worth reading. And Jeff Fisher is awesome. All I'm gonna say, like, I have. I mean, I am. An, I think he's amazing, and I was a huge fan of his. And by the way, I don't think that he was wrong with what he did with with last year with, uh, you know, with the whole sideline passes and stuff like that. Like he was trying to get control of his team. In L.A. for the first time. Right. And, That's a tough what? situation. That's, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a really tough situation. On it, on it, you know, when you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, it is very hard to win. It is very that, hard to win. And you're in L.A. for the first time, and he's an L.A. guy, so now he's back in his hometown, and you got a bunch of phony fans in a shitty stadium. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not right. Great. You're right. It's, it's a, just it's, not a great scenario. It's a remedy you know, for so, disaster. It is. And, and, you know, they don't have a – their owner is a wealthy guy, but I don't know if he's a real football guy. And and I'll say this, that, you know, the, the Demoffs, like they talk about, you know, donating tickets to the people in Compton. Well, that's a joke because, you know what, if they donate tickets, then you better do buses that are free for them and feed them. Because of people course. in Compton – can't afford hundred dollar parking. Right. Nobody can. It's, it's exactly. Hills. I mean, I took my kids to the game, Mark, and the guy, and it's a, and with the do, it's a, you know, the Dolphins and the Rams, and it's at the Coliseum, which is uh, not, you know, it was a great yeah. stadium when they had the Olympics there in 1932. Right, it's not a great right. Stadium right. in 2016. Yeah, okay? I know. It's I not. Know. And, I know. and so the parking is a hundred dollars. Oh, I cringe when I, I have to pay something like that. It's the worst. I don't know about you. If I see a $100 bill, I'm trying to keep it. I'm not trying to give it to a bunch of derelicts that are stacking cars. <laughs> I okay, know. It's such a joke. Be condemned, okay? It's such a joke. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like, give me 
me, you know, with all the stuff like, oh, they give tickets away. No, they're write-offs. If you're going to give tickets, pay for the luxury buses. Get the community there. Get the community involved. It's like a – I mean, I, I, I have very, very, very strong feelings about people giving stuff that nobody else wants away and then right. expecting to be complimented for it right. because it's a, it's, it's a very – empty it's an empty shirt kind of kind of thing no if you're going to give tickets away then provide great transportation for those for those people and feed them okay as well all i need to know about give them some merch all i need to know about stan Kroenke is the fact that st louis was ready willing and able to get them a new stadium and he didn't even get give them a chance and he he ripped that sit that team out of that city because he had to have la and you know he's a power, he's a powerful owner with a lot of influence, and he you know strong armed the Raiders out of that L.A. deal because he knew the Raiders would be more popular than the Rams, even if they shared his stadium, and he didn't want to play yeah. second fiddle to the Raiders. No, I mean he's a, he's I mean I don't I, look I I'm sure he's a terrific you know a terrific guy I don't know him but I will say this that I don't think that he understands humanity. I don't think he understands. I mean, I, I don't think, he, I don't think a lot of people understand humanity. I yeah. That's what I'm, I'm feeling the same way. They just don't. They just don't. My grandfather would say civility is not a sign of weakness. Yes. That's the truth. That you is know, the truth. And, and, and for St. Louis, I mean, like to, to lose their team. I mean, they were just such, it was, you know, obviously, you know, I like St. Louis. Coach Romeo, you know, won the Super Bowl for them. Sure I mean, did. I'm a huge Dick Vermeil fan, and and you know, and I and I really care about that. I, I know that that community, you know, they don't have they don't have much. Like certain cities, LA has so much. It's gross. People are losers anyway, and you know, they don't even care about the team. They just want to go and be seen on TV and get right. freebies. You know, yep, yep, that's yep. really how it is. I know. They're not I know. Really great fans. They're just not. And by the way, we have two professional teams. USC and UCLA. Of course. And I will say this. UCLA, I mean, that they've got this one kid on their team, Darnay Holmes, who played for my my son our you know, our football team in Calabasas last year. Not only is he a wonderful young man, but he is an incredible athlete and I've already What position you know, does he play, Barn? I'll keep my eye out for him. Keep your eye he's a defensive back. I mean he likes to be a wide receiver, but I was gonna say it would have been nice if he had a Rosen throwing to him. That kid's going to be a well, top five pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- that game the other night was just. I mean, it just. It's. That's why you know I love sports and I love. Oh uh, yeah. I love you know I love baseball and I love football. But I mean, ultimately, it's just it's just such great life lessons, and that's really why it's important. You know, selling books for me is about you know obviously promoting the history of Philadelphia and getting kids to learn to love football, but it's also, you know, putting money back into my foundation because I really don't like asking people to make donations. I mean, the reality is everybody has their own pet project or their sure. own pet thing or even if it's their Starbucks money, you know, so it's like I'm going to create a – I wanted to create something that I felt was really special that was really a wonderful thing that people would enjoy, which is this book, and then, you know, I can use the money then to help kids and help yes. them play sports and help them get an opportunity to go to a game. And when we take kids to games, Mark, you know, I always, I mean, we get first-class buses. I mean, in, in, in Akron last year, or even this year, when I work with the um, the minor league baseball teams and we take kids to the games, I mean, they're on the same buses that the Cleveland Cavaliers were on when they, you know, <laughs> won the NBA Finals. Yeah, you d- just I'm like your to... grandfather, Marnie, you do it right. Well, 
you know. You do it right. You know, he would you, always you, say, if you're going to go, do it first class. And so, for me, I can fly coach, but I, I love want it. the people around me to have an opportunity to really experience something that is memorable. Sure, you know, of not course. Sloppy. And, and it, uh, it just leaves those kids with a lasting impression, a memory they will never forget. Now, real quick, I want you to... Number one, tell our listeners where they can uh, purchase Football Freddy because I, I envision this book in a lot of Christmas stockings this year. You know, it seems like a great <laughs> well, gift for kids and whatnot. Tell us where they can get this book. Thank you. It is, you know, it's really a great, it's not just a Philadelphia book. It really actually translates because it does, you know, if, if you have any affection towards Philadelphia, this is definitely the book that you want to buy. But also, it, it talks about the history of Philadelphia, whether it's going to the Art Museum, going to the National Constitution Center, you know, the Liberty Bell, the Betsy Ross House, the Reading Terminal Market, mm-hmm. Pats and Geno's. These uh, don't make me hungry are, now. <laughs> these are like, <laughs> you know, it's like I say, you know what, here's the thing. Go to Philadelphia, get a cheesesteak get a soft pretzel, and get a copy of Football Freddy and Fumble. And that's really all you need. Heck yeah. That's it. I love that's it. That's it. So you can go on my website, uh, which is footballfreddy.com, and then you can also go on Amazon to buy the book. If you just go on Amazon, there's a link to it, football, you know, or just type in Football Freddy and Fumble, and it will hopefully, I mean, it's supposed to come up, and then you can go ahead and buy the book. And we're going to do a bunch of book signings in Philadelphia, you know, and if people want, if they want to, you know, if they buy the book and they want me to sign it, then they can, you know, um, get in touch with you or they can, I'm pretty easy to find. They can Absolutely. You know, go onto Facebook and send me an email. And I'll reach over to, uh, well, I'm not, sure you, you have know. plenty of Chickies and Pete's connections through Ron Jaworski, but if you need any help, please let me know. I know a, a lot of people over at Chickies and Pete's. Well, you know what? Every, you know, every introduction definitely helps. I mean, certainly, you know, I have some, you know, definitely Vince Papali and some great. Sure, yeah, you, you don't need any of my connections. You got no, the best. But, you know, you no, have the best of the people, best. You know, well, endorsements and people saying, you know, she's legit, you know. Oh, well, you are very legit. You're Thank th- you. I think people are always surprised when they meet me. They're like, oh, you're nice and you're not yeah. hideous and you're normal. <laughs> I'm like, well, what were you thinking? Like, I was going to be some sort of like hell on wheels or something awful. I mean, no, you're, I'm from you're, a very nice family. So you're the boss of Calabasas. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're leaving Calabasas. I'll, you know, we're, we're getting ready to leave Calabasas and set up shop closer to the East Coast. So really? That's happening. Yeah. It's wow. time to go. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I I know Calabasas, that's a hard place to leave. Beautiful area. It's, you know, it, the thing is that I think that what what I like about the East Coast and certainly what I like about Philadelphia is that no matter how much, you know, net worth you have or how much you have or whatever, it's not, it's no one really, it's, it's just not that important to people, whether it's not that important to people. And I think that in Calabasas and Los Angeles, uh. Beverly Hills, you know, that's very really pretentious. Yeah, that's what qualifies you as a as a valid member of a community. And I've never, for me, you know, it's always about how, what are you doing. You know, what do we need to do to get it done with, with my grandfather's, you know, line. And you know, that's really what it comes down to is how much can we do to help others and and give back. I mean, not that I'm not sometimes, you know, a little bit. I'm not selfish at all. But sometimes I forget. I'm forget like you know, right now, like I'm trying to think about. You know, we've got fires in California, and I'm sending a bunch of books to 
to you know the Houston community, and right. I work very, 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 you know, very frequently with the Boys and Girls Club in, in Fort Myers, Florida, and I work with the Fort Myers Miracle down there, and so I'm very concerned about what's happening there. But yeah. you know that that's really ultimately, you know, being a, a good citizen, and we live in this beautiful country yes. that I feel like the more we do for others, it's definitely a way to reset yourself so you know get out of neiman marcus yes not that i don't like shopping no of do, course you, know, you well, do I'm, not much we, of, uh, I'm really not actually i'm really not much of a shopper i'm wearing my kid's sweatshirt right now <laughs> some old jeans and some old crappy sneakers but you know that uh that's just really more because i don't i i try to have my you know inner inner beauty or whatever it is be on full display because it, it it totally is barney you're an amazing amazing person i'm really glad you called in. Uh, tremendous stuff. I mean, let's be honest. We can go on and on about these Leonard Toast stories. Uh, unbelievable. Your, your mother's stories. Unbelievable. And the current state of the NFL, because there's always a lot to talk about there. So we're going yeah, to have to have you back on you know. sometime to, to go further uh, into some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's football season now, so the opportunity is totally there, especially with you coming back to Philly pretty soon. Well, I would love to, you know, and I and I and I think that, and I will say this: I think that you know, football is a great sport. I want kids to continue to play it. One of the things that I think the NFL really does, I think they do care. I think they really are trying to get, you know, families and kids and communities to understand how to be safe. It's always dummies that put their kids in unsafe situations for, you know, being reckless, and that's just not a smart idea. But I think that. If, you know, anything, it's a sport and there are dangers to it. But that, you know what? If you're prepared and you get information, there's so many ways to play football and be safe and make it fun and not dangerous. You know, not I mean, it's dangerous because it's a sport. Anything we do is, uh, gonna, you know, unless yeah. we're wrapping our kids in bubble wrap. I mean, and even then driving, your, letting your kids go and drive on the, the road is dangerous. I mean, you know, Please, I have a 17 year old. And you know what I was like? I don't. This is this. I don't understand how people buy cars or get cars for children. I'm like, that just sounds like a bad business idea. Why would I spend money each month to be scared out of my mind? To make I'm your like, anxiety levels not... go through the roof. Right. <laughs> Why am I doing that? I I'm feel like, the that same not exact a way. Good idea. You know. Yeah. Who does that? You know. I I think I think what it is, morning. A lot of times, it's just the media reaching and reaching and reaching for more stories because in this day and age with twitter and just 24 7 news that just does not stop they need to reach further and further to continue to put out product well that's definitely true i mean because also there you know there's there's a fantasy the media does have and look i mean when my grandfather owned the eagles i mean they were creating fantastical stories about you know about him while there was some shred of it of course you know was he drinking a lot and, and, and out? Yeah, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he was going home to the same woman. Maybe he got married, but he always married them. Right, he married, right. You know, right. It wasn't like, I mean, he always married them. The yeah. There was no, you know, he was a very traditional guy. And so, you know, that's really, you know, what I think people probably don't understand about him is that, you know, they he wasn't this, like, wild playboy. He was a traditional guy. Yeah. But, yeah. I wish I, could, I wish I could have met him. He, he, he just reminds me of, like, uh, Sinatra or, like, uh, like, you know, that type of generation guy. Sinatra. I mean, those guys loved him. I mean, Don Rickles, you know, it's uh, The it's late, not, great Don Rickles. Oh, uh, the best. So I mean, funny. The best. Maybe the funniest the man to ever lived. Ever. Ever. Oh, my funniest God. Funniest man ever i mean even when i mean and he would make fun of my grandfather i mean 
to the point where it was almost like, you know, we would go see him in Atlantic City or he would be, you know, at, a, at dinner with my grandfather. And I mean, but a sweet man and not an not an angry man, a sweet man. Oh, I bet. Who really, you know, really loved the, you know, the decency of, of my grandfather, too, and the, and the charitable part of it. And so, you know, the two of them were, were very nice, uh, very nice friends and advocates for one another. But, you know, my grandfather was I can't wait for you to read this article that that um, that Jeff Fisher, you know, about him. Yeah, I'm going to read it tonight. Present- yeah, because it's about presentation. So much of it, you know, Mike Leonard would always say, you know, presentation is everything. And it and it, and it is it's about how you present yourself, how you, you know, behave in, in, in certain things and, and, and that's what I think we've kind of gotten away from in, in this day and age and you know back to media you know, scenarios and making up different stories and things like that I mean people just they're so eager to get ahead that they don't take the time to think about the big picture yeah I, I totally agree That's uh, that sums it up for sure I mean it's just one of those things for me where I've kind of had to stop paying attention to it for my own sanity. Yeah, well, you know, I'm about to enter something which, you know, look, when I was a kid, you know, my mom and, and was called the Wicked Witch of the Vet. and was Yes, which is actually a very cool nickname. Even with a bad connotation, I think it's an yeah. awesome nickname. And I actually think it's a compliment because they're saying she was a tough person. And uh, yes. obviously a good uh, business person. And she and she was, and she was trying to do this, you know, for the city. She was trying, if my grandfather, can, like, I, I don't like that word, if so much, but, you know, like having him retain ownership. I know Bart, and, and we'll get into another conversation. Look, Pete Rozelle, he, he messed up a lot of things that were potentially big things for the NFL, but he, he got scared, you know. Yeah. He, he was kind of a... He was a flimsy guy and kind of got scared, and and then he got old. And what happens is when you get older, you lose your your kind of renegade rogueness, and you get too. It just happens in Hollywood. I mean, yeah. these actors are funny, and then they're not funny because they're too tight with their yeah. material. Yeah, that's and, pretty and, funny. Yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a good way to put it. Rather, that's uh, that's interesting. You know, it, I just, I always yeah. thought Robert De Niro's transition into comedy was kind of mind-boggling. You're talking about a guy who was known in Hollywood for 20-plus years of being a tough guy, a, like a, a smooth, suave type of guy. And then in the mid-'90s, he desperately transitioned into comedy. And, yeah, he was kind of funny, but he, you know, no film was ever the same as, like, uh, you know, all the greats like Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, but around 96, 97, he basically started strictly doing comedies. Yeah, and you know, he, and that was a, a smart, you know, he, he transitioned in a way that he could, you know, he knew that he was going to be edging himself out of one genre. Yeah, good business another. decision on his end, sure. Yeah. In you fact, know, and so, I just, I yeah. just sent in an email. Uh, Martin Scorsese is doing a movie um, a Netflix movie with De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino, and uh, I just sent in a uh, thing to be uh, an extra in it. So I'm hoping I get an email response for that. Well, <laughs> it's a movie well, about well, Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, really? Well, you know, my grandfather was really good. You know, he knew him well because the trucking business. I figured that. 
I figured that the trucking because he was the team's head of the Teamsters, right? Yep. Unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah. Marnie, it was he, a, he was the head of the Teamsters, and you know he knew him very well, and you know they were friends. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, your grandfather has some of the coolest friends. I wish I could live his life. I truly you know, do. He, yeah, I know. I mean, he had a really, he did. I mean, I think that he had, you know, he, he, he definitely, he, he was a great guy. And he did a lot of amazing things for so many people that, I mean, I would certainly never, I mean, he just, he, he really cared. He really cared. I mean, yep. he really, really cared. There's a few people in life that I would, would say that, um, you know, well, I, it, it, there's like there's just people that are that really do care about humanity and want to do things to help others, and they they kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes because they're they're such a they've got you know they've got their own vices and and usually they're very um, colorful large vices and that you know people kind of focus on the negative it's just human nature to focus on the negative not the positive so much totally Marn, you're definitely coming back on the mark for more stories more talk you have to oh definitely mark well yeah of course and, you <laughs> okay, know good and and we're friends now so yes absolutely. yes that's, yes we are you know, and that's really that's important to me and that's i uh, important to me like making friends and and Having people that understand, you know, well, we, and we have a lot of the same views, and that's very cool. I uh, will shoot you a text later tonight after I wrap up this show, and we will uh, talk some more. Okay, more? Excellent. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So uh, thank you for your time, and thank you for doing all this work, Mark, for your listeners, because this is not easy. No, it's, it's like, we enjoy it, though. We truly do. And, uh, when you enjoy something, the satisfaction's there. So, well, that's definitely true. But it's a lot of work, and and you know, oftentimes people don't understand. Like, oh, it's so easy. You just get no. It's not. It's like there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. Something that I think you know does not go unnoticed. Well, so, I, I really appreciate you hearing that. I really appreciate hearing that from you. And uh, you're right. A lot of people don't understand that, but that's okay. Marnie, thank you again, and we will uh, talk later on. Excellent. I look forward to it. All, All right. right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank L- you later. Later, right. Marnie. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. All right. Man, Benny, I could listen to those Leonard Toast stories all day. I really enjoy that generation of Americans. They were classics, man. Just, just awesome dudes. They're my kind of people. They just don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, Mark, he sounded like an unbelievable guy. I really wish I could have, you know, hung out with him, had... Tied off a few drinks with the guy. Maybe smoked a few cigars. I feel like he was probably a big cigar smoker. Well, we can easily find that out for you. It was uh, it was a pleasure talking to Marnie, and it always is. Can't wait to uh, have her back on. And don't forget, gang, for your sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, pick up a copy of Football Freddy. Good stuff for the kids. They will enjoy it, and it's clearly for a great cause. Uh, yeah, that was special stuff, Mark. It was. And I feel like, Benny, our picks are pretty damn special. I feel like it's a 3-0 and week. We're, and, uh, you know, we're, we're being, we're playing it safe because a lot of these games are toss-ups. It's a tough week. I see 3-0 and for us, though. I truly do. I absolutely see 3-0. and At the very worst, 2-1, and but either way, it's a free money week. For sure. It's a special week, and... 
Don't be afraid, gang, to call us out on our week one picks on the Twitter uh, feed over at on, at on the Markcast. You know, don't be afraid to razz us a little bit. We uh, we're confident in our picks. We do the research. We talk to our sources, and we got some of the best sources around. Benny, one thing I would be remiss to not mention, especially after our conversation with Marnie about. Robert De Niro's career trajectory. One of my favorite movie characters of all time, Don Finucci in Godfather 2. We all remember remember De Niro stalking him across the rooftops during the Italian festival. Gaston Moschin, 88 years old. The actor who played Don Finucci passed away today. Frankly, Ben was surprised to see he was still alive. But, uh, you know, that could have been just his character in Godfather 2. Maybe he wasn't as old as you thought he was in Godfather 2. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes they make those guys look older and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, look, Godfather 3, how they made Pacino look so old. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely a little surprised to hear he was still alive. But I love that character. In fact, when I'm in a club... Really feeling it with the music. I swear to God, I dance like Don Finuccio walks down the street. With the hand. With the hand. Nothing but the hand. Yeah. Smiling at people. Yeah, and that was the uh, Black Hand group from Sicily. That was their signature thing. That was their signature move, Benny. And that's on the mark. Signature go-to hand motion. Dance move. Or for you, your dance move. Best of luck to all our betters out there. Best of luck to everybody out in Houston and Florida with these hurricanes. And for all of us here at Skyfall Studios, we will talk to you next time when you are back on the mark. is on the mark service announcement please do not miss next week's highly anticipated episode